Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. So, this week's episode, we have another version of the Extreme Makeover Basketball Edition Pacific Division, which is five teams in the Pacific Division, Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix, Kings, and Golden State. And so we have trades, pretty much two trades each team, uh, looking at moves that can be made by each team to make themselves better, to potentially give them an edge um, moving forward. And so this is kind of where I came up what I came up with, uh, the best deals um, that I could come up with for each team. So let's, uh, let's get into it. So uh, we're going to start out with the Lakers. Now the problem with the Lakers is the fact that they don't have enough cap space to make many moves. They don't have a lot of contracts that are middle of the road that really would be perfect or ideal for a situation making a trade. And in all of these trades, Kyle Kuzma was involved because he is the, I guess, most valuable piece outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And those guys aren't getting moved at all. So I decided um, to put Kuzma in both of the trades because I feel like Kuzma is a better asset um, for them. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, for the Lakers, the first one I have here, this is Avery Bradley, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and a second-round draft pick for Robert Covington and Jordan Bell. So, why would the Lakers do this? Well, I think Robert Covington is better than, you know, Avery Bradley and KCP and, to an extent, Kuzma. And he's a good shooter. And he is someone you could put at the starting small forward. Um, and he is someone who really fits well with your team. Then getting Jordan Bell gives you a young power forward who is making the same as Kuzma and I think is on the same level as Kuzma if given enough playing time. I don't know if he's, you know, as good of a shooter, but better on defense for sure. And for the, um, the, uh, Timberwolves, who they're getting is Kuzma, who I think will get more playing time, and I think he fits better next to Carl Anthony Towns, and then you get a second-round draft pick, and then KCP and Avery Bradley are just thrown in for salary, and so I think you know it works on both sides. I think both teams really benefit from a situation of this caliber, and you know when you look at it on all angles, I think it really kind of works um, for both sides, and so. That is basically, uh, I guess, the first trade that I came up with here. Now, the second one um, that I came up with. So, uh, this one involves three teams, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Wizards. And so, the Lakers would get Davis Burton Tans, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich. The Kings would get Quinn Cook, Kyle Kuzma, and two second-round draft picks. And the Wizards would get Caleb Swanigan, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and a first-round pick from the Lakers in 2026. So the Lakers are basically strapped for draft picks all the way up until, I believe, 2025. And I think in 2025, it's a uh, pick swap um, based on which pick is better. Uh, New Orleans gets it. So they can technically trade their 2026 draft pick because in 2025, they'll still have a draft pick, whether it's from New Orleans or their own. So... Um, that is something the Wizards obviously would want to have. Burton Tans is on a one-year deal, and so I think 
he doesn't fit in long term. And for the Kings, getting Kyle Kuzma is a pretty good player to put next to Marvin Bagley. He fits your sort of rebuild situation a little bit better. And Bogdanovich doesn't seem like he gets as many minutes anymore. Maybe he'll get some with the Lakers. And so you have Burton Tans who can be in your starting rotation. You have Bogdanovich who could be your starting shooting guard. Um, you could put a lineup of LeBron with Bogdanovich, with Danny Green, with Burton Tans, and uh, Anthony Davis. And you got a good starting lineup that works uh, for the Lakers. And we don't actually know what the 2026 draft pick could be. So they could, you know, the Lakers could be out of the playoffs by that point. So an unprotected draft pick to the Wizards that far in advance, um, I mean, can't complain. So I think that's um, something that works all sides all around. Now we are moving on to the Clippers. And so the Los Angeles Clippers uh, right here don't have a ton of draft picks, um, but they do have some players that really um, could work um, and I think could uh, really uh, impact uh, their team. So this first deal here is with um, the Detroit Pistons, and it basically includes Mo Harkless, Ivan Zubac, uh, Rodney Magruder, uh, Jerome Robinson, and a first-round draft pick for Andre Drummond and Bruce Brown. So... Brown is just thrown in for salary, and because, you know, taking four players back, you need one player, uh, one more player going with Drummond uh, to the Clippers, just to kind of even it out, sort of. Um, you could also throw in some of their other, uh, you know, inexpensive contracts if you wanted to do that, just to make the numbers of players match. Um, obviously, what, um, you know... Drummond is fielding here isn't as much as other teams could offer, but Zubac is a young center, and given more playing time, he could really blossom. You have the one year in Harkless, which goes off the books. You have Magruder, who can be a good backup shooting guard. Robinson is still young, so you can't complain there. And I think it's a good trade on both sides. Again, I don't know if Drummond's on the market. If he is, I don't know if this entices the Clippers, but... Um, I threw it out there. I think it could work um, on all sides. Then we have this second trade here, which is Mo Harkless, Rodney Magruder, Terrence Mann, and two second-round draft picks from Detroit via, or the Clippers uh, via Detroit, for Corey Joseph and Bogdanovich. So you're getting Bogdanovich, who can play small forward off the bench and can come off next to Lou Williams. Uh, Corey Joseph is your backup point guard in this scenario who works well off the bench uh, with Patrick Beverly as your starter. I mean, the second-round picks don't really matter. Harkless doesn't really matter. He's a one-year. Magruder, you never know what he could turn into. And Terrence Mann, I believe he was a second-round draft pick. Um, so I don't really know what he'll turn into. Most likely just a back-end of your lineup player. So we'll see. But I think for both sides it works, and I think for... Um, the uh, Kings getting two second round draft picks is more important than anything. And for guys who don't really fit their future, um, I think uh, that's a good uh, situation. Moving on to the Phoenix Suns, who are surprisingly having a good year. So um, let's get into their trade. So the first one here is Kevin Love uh, for Tyler Johnson, Dario Sarge, and a first round draft pick in 2020. Now, I think Kevin Love has... Some trade value. It's not a ton, but it's there. Um, I think what 
they are looking for is a young player, some draft uh, capital, and a cap space relief uh, for the future. Which they get all three. Sarge is young. They get Tyler Johnson, who is off the books next year, in a first-round draft pick. Most likely, it'll be protected, top 15. But it's still a first-round draft pick. Um, and then Phoenix obviously gets Kevin Love, who could play right next to John DeAndre Ayton, and uh, I think he gives them the size in the shooting that they are looking for. So uh, this actually works uh, very well, and I think Kevin Love would do very well in Phoenix. Then we have this next trade here, which is involving the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, Phoenix here. So the trade involves Danilio Gallinari for Tyler Johnson and Cam Johnson. So because Gallinari is a one-year contract, you don't want to give up too much because you don't know if he'll resign. And you don't know what he'll fetch for a contract in the offseason. Especially with the free agency market being muted, I think... Gallo is going to try for a big contract, and he probably will get it from someone who's willing to pay. So trading away Tyler Johnson and Cam Johnson works because for Oklahoma City, they get a young first-round pick in Cam Johnson, and then they get cap space relief, which they would have gotten anyways. I don't think um, they're going to trade Gallinari for a multi-year contract because they could just wait and have him come off the books. So this trade, I think, works for both sides. Um and I think it's a good move um, going forward. Now, moving on to the Sacramento Kings. So, Sacramento here, we got two trades. Um, and the first one involves uh, the Celtics and Sacramento. So, the Sacramento Kings uh, trade Bogdanovich and Rashawn Holmes to the Celtics for Ennis Cantor, Romeo Langford, Javante Green, and a first-round draft pick from either Memphis or the Celtics' own first-round draft pick, whichever one is worse, and either this year or next year, depending on when the Memphis pick conveys. So um, in this trade, what the Celtics get is Bogdanovich, who can come off the bench and kind of um, give them some scoring. You can move Marcus Smart to the backup point guard spot and kind of have Bogdanovich as the backup shooting guard. Then you get Holmes, who... He can start at center. He could come off the bench at center. He's having a pretty decent year so far. Um, and so he's a player that you can use. And then on the side of the Kings, um, you get Romeo Langford, who is a project, but he has upside. Ennis Cantor is uh, a good center. He's not great, but he's a good role player. And Javante Green is just thrown in to make the salaries work. And then what's most important is getting a first-round draft pick. Now, I said that um, the Celtics would be giving the worst pick between Memphis and their own because I don't think these guys are worth giving up a Memphis Grizzlies first-round draft pick if it's top 10 or even top 5. So I think giving up a pick that is worse I think makes sense, and I think the Celtics are fine doing that. So I think that's why that's uh, thrown in there because I don't think, let's say, the Memphis pick in 2021 is number 3. Celtics aren't going to, or wouldn't have wanted to do something like that. So um, I think that provision is thrown in to um, this sort of a trade. Then we got the next one here, which is Trevor Ariza, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Dwayne Dedman, and Nigella Bajinka for Justin Holiday, uh, Miles Turner, TJ Leaf, and Doug McDermott. So for Sacramento. They get Miles Turner, who is the most important piece in this deal for them. 
Uh, everyone else is more of a throw-in, and uh, Turner is the most important piece here. Um, you know, on the side of um, the Pacers, they get Trevor Reza, who's a great role player and a good role model. Bogdanovich, who can come off the bench. You get Dwayne Dedman, who can come off the bench as your backup center. And you get uh, Beljinka, who you could either put in the starting lineup or put off the bench. He is a TJ Warren-type player, small forward, power forward. So you have more options in terms of kind of where you want to put him and kind of the lineups that you want to have. Um, you know, Ariza could play a little power forward if you need him to. And so I think for a team like... Uh, the Pacers, this is a good deal. And yes, you're giving up Turner, but you're getting so much back in return. I think it makes sense. And for Sacramento, none of the guys here really fit in their plans. And so Turner, I think, fits a lot better in their plans than um, Ariza, Bogdanovich, Deadman, or Beljinka. So I think that's why they'd go ahead and approve this trade on their end. Now, um, let's go to Golden State here. So um, for Golden State... Uh, they're not doing so hot. You know, they're not really performing at a level that I see um, working. But they have a draft pick that can potentially become uh, number one overall, which um, is uh, very good for them. Um, and they have the potential to be a lethal juggernaut last uh, next year with um, Draymond Green if he comes back. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, um, if they keep D'Angelo Russell, and whoever they get with um, that number one overall uh, pick. If they get the number one overall pick or um, top five pick, uh, whoever they decide to go after, uh, I think that's going to be a very good combination there. And so um, I have a couple of trades here, and I'm going to start by saying they both involve um, D'Angelo Russell um, because... Um, D'Angelo Russell makes the most sense as the only real piece that has value that they'd want to trade. Um, they obviously aren't going to trade Stephen Clay. I don't know about Draymond and some of their younger guys, maybe not. But Russell has more than enough value to be uh, traded. And so I think um, that's who would get traded um, out of this group. And so I put him in both of the trades Um that I have um, right here. And so, um, yeah, let's get into those uh, trades. So this first one, um, this is um, a three-team trade. So Golden State, Pacers, and Wizards. So the Golden State Warriors would get Mac Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Miles Turner. The Pacers would get Davis Burton-Tans and D'Angelo Russell. And what the Wizards would get is Willie Cauley-Stein, Jacob Evans, and a second-round pick via the Pacers, which is a Milwaukee second-round pick. Um, so each, why would each team get involved? Um, obviously, Golden State gets Brogdon and Turner, who are great players. You can move Brogdon to shooting guard um, at the end of the season when Steph and Clay come back. Um, and then you can have Clay at the small forward. Miles Turner is a very good center, so... With Steph and with Brogdon, with Clay, with Draymond, and with Turner, that's a very lethal combination of players. And then, plus, you get a draft pick. That's totally something else. Um, and so, I think that's a very, very good team for sure. Then, um, for the Pacers, you get D'Angelo Russell, who is your starting point guard. And uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, 
And Victor Oladipo backcourt is very, very good. And it is one of the best backcourts in the NBA, or would be one of the best backcourts in the NBA. And Burton Tans, he doesn't fit what the Wizards are doing, and he's a one-year. And I think he'd have more success with the Pacers. And I think you could put him right next to Sabonis, and they'd be a good pairing. Because Burton Tans is not in the way for Sabonis. Then for the Wizards, they get Willie Cauley-Stein, who is, I guess, a throw-in at this point. They get Jacob Evans, who is a throw-in at this point, but a second-round draft pick. So you're getting a young guy in Evans who would get more playing time. You're getting a second-round draft pick. And then Willie Cauley-Stein is thrown in. I mean, he's a good center off the bench. So you have um, you know, Thomas Bryant, and then you have uh, Willie Cauley-Stein for the future. Um, and they're both young, so... You can develop both of those guys um, since Mahimi is a one-year and he'll be off the books. And so um, I think this is a perfect trade for all three sides, um, and I think it works um, everywhere. Now, the second trade actually is very good for the Orlando Magic, um, and it's very good for, or I think it's good for, the Warriors. And then you get the Spurs involved as well, and... um, This would basically only happen if DeMar DeRozan says he is opting out and leaving San Antonio. If for some reason DeMar DeRozan says he's staying and he's opting in or he's opting out and then resigning, this doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, But if he decides he's going to, you know, go somewhere else, it works. So the Warriors would get Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustine, and a first-round draft pick from uh, Orlando. The Spurs would get Evan Fournier and Mo Bamba in a second-round draft pick. And the Orlando Magic would get D'Angelo Russell and DeMar DeRozan. So, for let's start with the Warriors, who that's kind of what we're talking about here. They would be getting Aaron Gordon, who could pair nicely next to Draymond Green. And having both of those guys, plus Steph, plus Clay in your future... It's very, very good, and I think it works a lot better than having D'Angelo Russell, Steph, Clay, uh, I think, spreading out and having two bigs down low like that. It makes a lot of sense. And they're both small ball bigs. And so they're both, you know, six foot eight, six foot nine. You know, they are definitely guys who fit more in today's NBA. And DJ Augustine is a one year contract, which will come off the books, give you a little bit of cap space flexibility. And then a first-round draft pick. Um, There might be protections on it, but I don't know. Um, And so having your own first-round draft pick, it works. Um, And then you have another one to either trade away or use for um, a player. Now, on the side of the Orlando Magic, obviously, you know, we know why they do this. Because they're getting a great point guard and they're getting a great shooting guard. And if you have D'Angelo Russell, Terrence Ross, DeMar DeRozan and Jonathan Isaac, and Vucevic, that's a hell of a good starting lineup. Uh, And it would solidify Orlando as a playoff team for right now. And I think DeMar DeRozan would stay. I mean, if they can make it to the playoffs, I think he'd stay. You know, Orlando. Uh, And then we have the Spurs. Now, as I said before, if DeMar DeRozan is planning on leaving the Spurs anyways, this is why they do this deal, because they're getting a second-round pick, and they're getting Mo Bamba, who is a unproven unknown center and I think for the Spurs you know Evan Fournier is a two-year contract and he's playing very well this year uh, surprisingly well 
And Mo Bamba really is a good center on a team that just kind of mutes him and kind of puts him in the back burner because of Vucevic. If he goes to the Spurs, he would get to develop with Greg Popovich, who, you know, was there with David Robinson, was there with Tim Duncan. He can develop Mo Bamba, and his team can develop Mo Bamba into a quality starting center. And then you get a second-round draft pick. So, yes, um, the Spurs aren't getting a ton of value, but it all depends on what you value Mo Bamba. And more importantly, if DeMar DeRozan is planning on leaving, you better get something or else you're getting nothing if he leaves. And then for the Warriors, Aaron Gordon, I think, fits a lot better in Golden State than D'Angelo Russell does. Not just uh, not for this year, per se, but definitely for the future um, seeing as having Steph and D'Angelo, who are both ball-dominant point guards who need the ball in their hands, I don't know if that's going to work uh, together. I think Aaron Gordon with Draymond works a lot better, and then you have Steph and Clay in the backcourt, um, and then whoever you draft. Uh, so I think that's a good deal. So I think that is um, probably one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, uh, let's uh, end it right there. So um, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the podcast. Please tune into the next episode where we do um, the same thing. Uh, Extreme Makeover, um, Basketball Edition, Southeast Division, Miami, Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, and the Wizards. Uh, So tune in for that one. And then tune in for an upgrade update on the standings and seeing how teams are doing uh yeah that's gonna do it for this one thanks for tuning in and listen to the next one